Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Kenny, you know, sometimes I read these stories in the paper and I see a headline and I think, boy, I must be getting old. I don't know what what this even means. Help me out with this headline from the Duluth paper over the weekend. Okay. Swatting incident reported at Denfeld and Esco. Yeah, um, that's a new one to me as well. But what I understand is is it's kind of a, a new thing that's been going on. And what they do is they, uh, it's a prank call. It's an emergency call. Uh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. In other words, almost like, oh, we got a shooting going on in the school here or some yes. nonsense like that. And yeah. apparently, okay. uh, you know, it's a form of... Uh, uh, well, it's a prank call. It's uh, but they're serious, Brad, because they're deceiving uh, emergency personnel and uh, the police that there's uh, a, an emergency that's not occurring. That there's something, yeah, that something where where and, and we're sending out emergency crews. I would assume, right, right. like they think it's a real deal, and and, and it's turning out to be uh, false. See, if well, I could that, real quickly, Brad, I just I just want to make a, a special announcement here from the National Weather Service. They're predicting uh-oh. heavy snow and sleet showers this afternoon. Now, this is going to be across what? parts. Yeah, this is going to be a part, a part across parts of northeastern Minnesota, and they could result in uh, very reduced visibilities. Not so much accumulation of snow on the roadways, but just the fact that it could impact your visibility. Uh, on the roadways, and the biggest impact right now that I can see would be Highway 1 from, uh, you know, between Isabella and Ely, but on a line north and south from basically Lutzen to Babbitt. And so that area, parts of a southern uh, lake, I'm sorry, central Lake County, parts of Cook County, even into St. Louis County, be on the uh, alert for possible uh, snow showers with sleet that could reduce visibility, could possibly create some road hazards. So be aware of that. And again, we're still under a winter weather advisory until 6 p.m. You know, you're talking about up in the Ely area and around there. I wonder what happened at that town hall meeting Saturday that they had. I think they had it in, it was supposed to be March 4th, which would have been this last Saturday. Um, The um, town hall expected to take place Saturday, March 4th in Ely on the Second Amendment. You know, we got this whole thing going on now in the state of Minnesota where the Democrats are now in charge and they're trying to make it seem like, uh, well, you know, your Second Amendment, uh, that's not really forever. That's not a permanent type thing. Well, the Second Amendment appears to be the latest effort to encourage action against pending gun control bills in the Minnesota legislature. New legislators, Representative Roger Scraba of Ely, uh, as well as Senator Nathan Wessenberg, of a Republican from Little Falls, announced that they would host a Second Amendment town hall meeting at the Ely Senior Center. An advertisement for the meeting in the Timberjay was paid for by the 8th Congressional District Republican Party. Retired sociology professor Leah Rohn 
said that the timing of the Ely gathering alongside county boards and the state passing resolutions in opposition to further gun control law appears to be a part of a coordinated campaign of scare tactics designed to motivate conservative voters. Well, it doesn't take much to motivate conservative voters. You know, conservative voters feel like the Second Amendment is a legitimate amendment that was passed by our founding fathers. And when some uh, ne'er-the-well Democrats come up with a scheme to try to selectively pull parts of that away from us, it gets uh, people wound up a little bit. Yeah, and it should, Nearly a dozen Minnesota counties have already aligned themselves with a movement against the gun control legislation, including Itasca County, Crow Wing County, both of which passed so-called Second Amendment dedicated resolutions in recent weeks, saying basically, and I'm going to paraphrase here, saying basically that the Second Amendment is a permanent fixture of our Constitution, and don't try to change it simply because it doesn't meet your political agenda. Well, that's interesting because... I'd be interested to see if anybody was at that meeting up in Ely. I'd be curious to see how it went down. And, uh, you know, we're going to... We've got a lot of things going on at the legislature right now. Uh, Let me tell you. You know, we're talking about safety in schools, keeping students safe and sound well in school, and that's going to cost money. School resource officers, school security measures, mental health counseling services are in high demand across the state. But the funding level for the state school's revenue program has remained frozen for about 10 years. Representative Mary Franz Clarity, a DFLer from Invergrove Heights, says... Believe now is the time to increase state aid in this critical education area. Her bill, H, uh, House File 1360, would enable K-12 schools to hire more counselors and improve the security of school facilities. <clears throat> the House Educational Facility Committee laid over the spending proposal as an amendment for possible omnibus bill inclusion on Friday. An exact appropriation request has yet to be determined, but starting in fiscal year 2024, funding for school districts would triple to $108 per adjusted pupil unit. The state would be responsible for $72 of that $108, while local levies would cover the remaining $36. A funding minimum would be set at $100,000 per school district. Now, with that kind of money, boy, I'll tell you what, these districts should be hardened facilities. By hardened, I mean we ought to have uh, we ought to have metal detectors at the doors. We ought to have a security guard or a uh, a, a, a licensed uh, police officer of some sort, resource officer at the schools, and we ought to have nothing but the safest schools. Then, in addition to that funding source, meals is another issue. School nutrition experts, now remember, this is in the state of Minnesota where the legislature, Democratic-controlled legislature, has already basically said, look, in Minnesota, we're going to give every kid in the school district, whether they come from millionaire parents or from single-parent broken homes that barely can scrape together enough to, to take a car ride to the food bank, Uh, We're going to give everybody free breakfast, free lunch. 
Of course, it's going to cost you, the taxpayer, that money. But now, in addition to making sure they have a free breakfast and a free lunch, we want to make sure it's a nutritionally sound one. School nutrition experts will lobby Congress this week for help to allow more districts to provide meals for students during a legislative action conference. When Cheryl Pick started her school nutrition career decades ago in Foley, Minnesota, she didn't think her industry would face the challenges that it faced now. Uh, Now Pick, who is president of the Minnesota School Nutrition Association, joins others from across the country before Congress this week to ask for help with schools funding in jeopardy what school funding is in jeopardy? Where are they? Where are these people? <clears throat> the extra food costs would fall on school districts if it isn't continued by the federal government. With so many school fund food insecure across the country and in Minnesota, <clears throat> Pick says there's a lot of concern. I, this this uh, this Pick woman is uh, she's smoking something, <clears throat> hasn't she heard? that the state of Minnesota has already funded and authorized free breakfast and free lunch for everybody, including millionaires' kids? I don't know what she's concerned about. Listen, I asked, uh, I was hoping that maybe we had somebody that was up in Ely over the weekend at that Second Amendment conference, but I know Alan is very involved in this kind of stuff, and he's called the show a few times. He wants to uh, talk a little bit about this John Marty Senate file. This is uh, Senate file 1723. Uh, Alan, welcome again this morning. Uh, What's the latest on this? Uh, Has it had a hearing yet? Uh, I don't know. It's it's really kind of hard. I, I do sense that things are moving faster than normal by a long shot down there. Things are going all over the place. And so when you make inquiries, it's hard. You you just keep getting kind of put off. Yeah. And, and I don't want to focus just on Senate File 1723. That one is sort of like one of those catch-all bills where everything is dumped into it. You know, I guess okay. there's 18 different types of gun control all built into the one piece of legislation. So, but the big thing is that uh, your listeners should be just burning up the phone lines. You know, let's just, you know, jam them. You know, that's what we got to do. Yeah. We got to stay vigilant. And, uh, you know, that's really all I wanted to say. Well, did you hear anything about this meeting up in Ely? Did they have a decent turnout or you know, have you I heard anything know. about it? I heard yeah. about it too late for me to change my plans to be able to get up there, unfortunately. But, uh but uh, it sounds like it was a wonderful event, um, so I'm, I'm hoping maybe we can get more of the same. But I think you yeah. know you don't have to go to special events to contact your legislators and the governor. Oh no, you know you can contact them direct. Uh, you you can just look up the number for the Minnesota House of Representatives or the Senate. And uh, you can put them, you know, you can actually go on your, if you've got a cell phone, you can go on your cell phone, put in your state senator's name. It'll give you contact numbers. And like uh, like Alan said, just flood the phone lines. Uh, these people have got to hear that this is not a maybe type thing. This is, an, um, this is a constitutional amendment guaranteeing us the right to bear arms. And there's uh, there's no maybe here or no uh, no reason to back off on any of this. Thank you very much. I appreciate the the update on that. Well, it's kind uh, of interesting because there's a story. I believe this is from MinnesotaGunRights.org. It is, and they title okay. this "Stop the Gun Control Nuclear Bill." 
Senator John Marty has just introduced the worst gun control bill in the history of Minnesota. Mm. And like Alan said, they've they've literally thrown everything, including the kitchen sink, into this thing, hoping that they'll strike somebody's fancy, any fancy of anybody, so they can get this thing passed. Well, let me ask you, Brad, um, how does this affect, what, what was the number of... Uh, of felons uh, that they, that have been uh, now will be allowed to vote in the state was it twenty thousand? No, it was more than that. I think it was fifty uh, some thousand. And I'm not suggesting that that's right or wrong per se. Other than, do the bad guys want people in Minnesota to have guns legally? Oh no, 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 no. Well, think about just use common sense here. If you were a bad guy. Uh, and you were uh, you were the kind of guy that wanted to rob people, uh, take a, take a, a advantage of people. Um, wouldn't you want everybody to uh, have their guns taken away so everybody yes. would be a victim walking <laughs> yes. down the street? And I don't mean to chuckle because I think that this has got some very uh, uh, dangerous things that could uh, come of this. And Brad, do bad guys have a hard time getting? Oh, I don't know, illicit drugs or illegal guns oh no 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 they don't they don't so what they're going to do is they're going to make it harder for law-abiding citizens but the bad guys it's not going to be an issue for them they're still going to be able to get their hands on guns yeah not only get their hands on guns but if they get arrested for doing something illegal uh they're going to be put in jail and then more likely have a revolving door in the jail send them home because some non-profit uh, will say, oh, these poor people, they, they've got a tough time in life. We've got to let them out. For example, like this guy, a man who torched a Salvation Army chapel last fall is now charged with committing a destructive rampage inside a Brooklyn Park coffee shop that had employees and patrons running for cover. His latest alleged act of vandalism after cycling in and out of jail. Jack Hendrick, 33, was charged Thursday in Hennepin County District Court with two felonies, burglary and property damage, over an outburst mid-afternoon Tuesday at the Caribou Coffee in the 9600 block of Colorado Lane. The latest incident comes on top of three others in Brooklyn Park since last summer that Heinrich has been charged with stomping on an American flag in July at a rip his leg off, uh, and that he lowered from that he that he lowered from a highway overpass and then injured an officer while a res, while a resisting arrest, setting the Salvation Army on fire in November and vandalizing a brew house last month. He was quickly arrested at the Caribou shop and remained jailed Friday in lieu of $20,000 bail ahead of a court appearance. Heinrich, who is homeless and has a history of mental illness, also ventured in mid-January into Minneapolis where he was charged and sentenced to probation on a misdemeanor theft count. The judge who sentenced Heinrich in the arson and the brew house vandalism also chose probation for him setting setting aside any time in jail or the county work farm no they ought to put him in a mental institution and lock him up where he where he should be amen amen yeah. this bill that john marty this uh, senate file 1723 this will not only embolden cartels it will strengthen cartels and it will give more power to the black market when it comes to illicit guns 
I mean, it's it's crazy. First of all, I don't know why people uh, go south across the border into Mexico anymore. Did you see over the weekend that uh, they had a, a group of well, I they don't have four to. or I did. six kids? I did. Yeah. But you're not going to have to go across the border to do this. No, you can have it done right here in this country. Absolutely. I mean, the black market thrives, Brad, when it comes to illicit drugs. It, it'll yep. thrive if there is a black market now for weapons that John uh, Marty is trying to create. And why is he doing this? Because it makes him as a liberal feel good. You know, it's a feel good. This is not... This is not anything that they know will make us all safer. It just makes them feel good that they've done something that they think is motivated uh, to their uh, political group of people. That's basically what it is. Listen, we got to go to our CBS news break. Uh, but before we do that, hey, how about them uh, wild, huh, Kenny? Huh? So far, so good. So far, so good. We'll find out tomorrow night a little bit more when we play Calgary again. But uh, beat Calgary over the weekend, uh, three to nothing. And uh, Mr. Gustav had another shutout. Uh, oh, yeah. Gustafson, the goalie. <laughs> yeah. He's doing pretty good, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> He's doing incredibly well. We've really got, good. We've got wild hockey on 710 the game, AM 710 the game. And that game uh, coming up with uh, Calgary tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Drop of the puck. All right. We're going to take our CBS break, and we'll be right back. KDAL weather update. KDAL weather update time is 136. National Weather Service in Duluth. We are overcast. We are getting an update. There it is, 35 degrees. Uh, there is some light snow falling uh, throughout parts of uh, central Wisconsin, down in my old stomping grounds, Chippewa Falls, and uh, Eau Claire, rather, uh, check in uh, with some light snow falling, 36 degrees. But here in the Twin Ports, uh, we're looking at uh, still until 6 p.m. tonight, Brad. There is a winter weather advisory, uh, currently 34 and overcast at Sky Harbor. So there is a slight chance of snow yet this afternoon. And again, like we learned earlier, that up around uh, parts of uh, central Lake County, uh, there could be some heavy snow squalls that come at you. So be aware of that. And we'll try to get through all this uh, winter weather tonight. Tomorrow, partly sunny, 30 degrees and then wednesday night another system comes in with more accumulating snow starting wednesday night yeah now isn't this uh isn't this hockey uh, uh hockey tournament time high school uh boys state high school hockey yeah a lot of snow comes during yeah the, yeah and snow usually comes during that period I think. oh yeah yeah isn't that great it just, it, just yeah. it really is something it's almost on cue that when the state hockey school state hockey tournament comes around, we get snow. And let's look at the forecast for this weekend. There is a twenty percent chance in the metro area Saturday uh, uh, and oh, Sunday. God. There is a twenty percent chance. But again, the Twin Ports we have gone past the one hundred inch snow total, and we're on pace. If we receive just our average snowfall for the rest of the season, we'll end up with one hundred and twenty-two point two inches. Well, you know, more and more information, Northlanders, are starting to come out on uh, on things like Dr. Fauci constantly telling us, wear a mask, wear two, uh, put them on, on your underwear as well. Now, I think we're going to finally see Fauci. <clears throat> he's going to be called, well, he's going to be called to testify. They're starting to have hearings this week on the origins of COVID. 
Yeah, but now is if he's a private citizen, I don't know if they can call him. I guess they probably could. But this after or this this weekend, I should say, there was a story on the wire services about the origins of the masking and and uh, whether it actually did any good at all. A major con- controversy throughout the pandemic was surrounding the efficiency of uh, face masks against the spread of COVID nineteen. However, a recent study supports that masks may have done little, if anything at all, to stop the spread of the virus. The study, published by Cochrane Library, Physical Inventions to Interrupt or Reduce the Spread of Respiratory Viruses, where estimate researchers dug into the impact of physical intervention like masks and hand washing on the spread of COVID. Dr. Marty Macaray joined Sunday Night in America and addressed his recent study and the and the vacillation on the effectiveness of masks since the start of the pandemic. You have to look. I would love to think that masks did something, but the reality is you've you've got to listen to the data. Macaray said after the study. This review looked at 65 studies from 19 countries, including the best randomized control trials of, uh, that were out there. You can't ignore this study. It was done by an organization that considers the highest evidence-based body in all of medicine, and they set the standards in medicine. Macaray discussed how the researchers found that on a population level, the trajectory of COVID transmission did not change at all whether or not you wore a mask or not. Let me repeat that again. The study pointed out that as the overall general population level, the effectiveness of a mask did not affect the outcome of whether or not you got COVID at all. Now, look, if you get two people in a room with high quality masks, maybe it can reduce the transmission. But the reality is this is an, uh, a virus that was nearly, was nearly inevitable. It is highly contagious. You can't wear a mask consistently that long and not get the virus. Uh, Macaray said, making the point that having kids' faces covered by masks did nothing to reduce the transmission in our schools. Dr. Macaray's highlights highlighted how health officials had the wrong hypno or hypothesis when it came to protocol and continued to dig their heels in on implemented COVID practices despite overwhelming strong evidence against their claims. What public health officials did is they hedged on the wrong side of the issue. They had the wrong hypothesis. And when overwhelmingly strong evidence came out time after time, 65 studies on maps, on masks, 160 studies on the natural immunity, study after study, they didn't evolve their position. They dug in, Macaray said. They went on to say that these health officials were intellectually dishonest. They were intellectually dishonest. And at that point, 
You're basically putting out information, he said, explaining how the studies came out of Swedish schools that were, that were masked versus unmasked had no difference at all in the transmission. If Dr. Fauci and all those who pushed masks so fervently would have simply done their own randomized control studies with good methodology, they could have answered the controversy two and a half years ago, but they chose to rule by dogma rather than scientific data. So there you go, folks. Anyway, we're getting to that point just about where we've got to uh, check on our Minnesota news break. I, I find it interesting, though, that we've had another train derailment in Ohio after the uh, bad one that was here a couple of weeks ago. This particular one, though, at least did not have any uh, hazardous materials on it. But I saw the video of a guy that was sitting at a train crossing waiting for the train to go by, and he was taking a videotape on his phone taking a video of the train going by, and all of a sudden, you see the cars starting to buckle and sway from side to side. Evidently, there's something uh, not right in the track bedding in those areas, and the train, within a matter of seconds, started piling up cars coming off the track. Uh, the big railroads have weakened safety rules or resisted safety rules for years, said Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, said on ABC this week on Sunday. But you think a disaster that happened in East Palestine would have gotten their attention. But here we are a week later, and we have a second train derailment in the same general area. Anyway, we got to go to our uh, Minnesota news break. We'll come back uh, with more shortly here on Sound Off 610 KDAL. There's no way I'm going to let go. There's no way because it's my show. KDAL time is 153, the music of David Gilmore. This was a solo effort in 1978. David Gilmore, 77 years old today. Getting up there. Hey, uh, I knew somebody would send me some information. I told you that uh, they had this uh, gun rights Second Amendment meeting up in Ely. It was well attended, folks. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking at a video that I got from uh, one of our listeners said uh, this came this comes from the Minnesota Gun Rights Organization, which by the way, you should be a member of if you own uh, firearms in the state of Minnesota. Uh, great news. The Iron Range Second Amendment Town Hall in Ely, Minnesota was a huge success Saturday, and Minnesota Gun Rights was proud to co-host and participate in the event. Gun owners turned out from all across Senate District 3 and the state to make sure that Grant Hothschild, he's the brand new senator, by the way, out of uh, out of Hermantown, knew that they wanted him to hold the line and vote no on the Metro City's DFL gun grab proposal. And uh, then there's a short video with it, and, uh, and then uh, it's signed by the president of the organization, Ben Doerr, executive director of Minnesota Gun Rights. 
and ask you to be to uh, join and become a member. And you can do that by going online to Minnesota Gun Rights Organization and join right there. Anyway, they're doing a great work to get the message out. They said one thing is for sure: the Iron Range is full of patriots who do not want gun control from radical leftists in St. Paul. Uh, We'll keep you updated on the fight for the Second Amendment in the days ahead, and thank you for all of your support. So there are organizations out there that are actively working together to make this thing uh, happen. So um, anyway, uh, I I think you're going to see more and more of this coming. By the way, uh, uh, I understand that uh, Governor Walls is not governor today. Did you see that, Kenny? I did, but I didn't get the details. What do you got? Well, the, the, evidently he's having a colonoscopy. Okay, <laughs> you know how, I did hear. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's having a colonoscopy. Okay. He's he's saying a colonoscopy is a great way for men, especially, to find out if they've got any polyps on their colon area. And because he has to go under regular, are uh, you know, under regular anesthetic. To uh, put himself out, he turned over the reins to the lieutenant governor for that period of time, and would send her a letter later in the day telling her that he's out of uh, uh, out of uh, the throes of of uh, of the drugs, and that he's back uh, to normal, and will get back to uh, taking over. And she's then supposed to uh, turn that back over. So, interesting stuff. Uh, anyway, Trump over the weekend was at CPAC, the big conservative uh, get-together that happens once a year. Uh, Trump was there. He he said he's going to be actively running to get his presidency back in 2024, and he doesn't care what happens to him in the meantime. He said, even if I am indicted in one of several phony baloney investigations I'm facing, I'm going to continue to run. Trump made the comments uh, to a group of conservative media before his speech at Conservative Political Action Coalition Conference in National Harbor, Maryland. It was the first time Trump spoke publicly about how he would respond if he were indicted while actively seeking the presidency. Trump is facing two state investigations, one in New York and one in Fulton County, Florida, as well as two federal investigations led by Jack Smith, a pre, uh, a special prosecutor who is uh, investigating uh, Trump for tax uh, issues. Uh, Trump insisted he became a target once I became a politician. He said, once I became a politician, especially a Republican politician, I became the target of everyone on the left. But he said, have no fear. I'm your warrior. I'm your justice, Trump said, before appearing to promise payback if elected to a new term. And if those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. So uh, sounds like Trump's getting in fighting mode. Uh, I just hope this does not tear the Republican Party aside or tear it apart so that even a weak Democratic— it yeah, it yes. will. I, I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, former Speaker uh, Ryan said he wouldn't attend the uh, RNC, I believe, if he's uh, the nominee. Uh, Mike Pompeo, yeah. a former Secretary of State, has thrown him under the bus. Uh, it's crazy. 
Well, it, it, it's not going it, to—it will tear everybody apart, especially if he does have a couple of indictments, if he's facing trials on a couple of things. There's going to be some people that will run from him. He's got others that support him to the day is long. I mean, we've got people running around our park here with golf carts with huge Trump flags on them, and they're never going to change. So, but uh, the future will be the future, and we'll find out what's going on then. In the meantime, we'll be back at it tomorrow morning. Oh, by the way, tomorrow we are going to be here on a abbreviated base, 10 to noon again tomorrow because of Twins baseball. So uh, tune in a little bit early for us tomorrow morning here on Sound Off on 610 KDAL.